how can I, with a sales leader, share something that's a LinkedIn post that has one tip that would take five minutes to consume and then immediately start using? That's really effective. I'm creating a ton of value for that sales leader and a ton of value for their team. So how can I create more bite-sized content that helps people that's like immediately actionable? Maybe it's a different way of thinking of something. Maybe it's a framework. Maybe it's a tip or a technique or something they can forward to the rest of their team. I think it's hugely underrated. Hey team, I got Jason Bay right here, Chief Prospecting Officer at Blissful Prospecting. But first up, here's what Megan Mishak said about Jason. Jason Bay is someone I work with very closely. He is the, the king of Outbound. He's a great prospecting trainer and he has a, a program called Outbound Squad and the, the results speak for themselves. People, you know, people there, he has a lot of incredible followers um, and is a great trainer. Jason, what are three ways your team converts your market into revenue? So I, you know, I teach, you know, companies outbound, but I don't do a lot of outbound to get business. You know what I mean? So I've been kind of fortunate in that regard in the last you know couple of years that the inbound engine works pretty good, but I still do a form of outbound. I call it inbound-ish. So the way I kind of look at client acquisition is you kind of have like inbound methods on one side and outbound methods on the other side. So if you're listening, imagine a piece of paper, you got inbound on the left, outbound on the right. What I look at on the inbound side is like the organic content that you create. So that could be blog posts, you know, stuff on your website. And then there's also like guest content. There's third party content. So getting on guest webinars, guest podcasts, et cetera. So what I do is I try to use those forms of content that I create, whether that be through LinkedIn content or being on someone else's podcast like this or a webinar. And I use that to drive traffic to my website. Or if it's a LinkedIn post, I use it to get likes and comments on my LinkedIn post. And then I'll proactively reach out to those people. So I'll still do outbound on those. It's just a little bit warmer. So that's a really big strategy. So where I get most of my business from is posting daily on LinkedIn every weekday posts so that people will engage on it. And a lot of them are a target market. I'll just reach out to them directly to set up sales calls, right? Or to get them in my programs. I think partnerships and co-marketing efforts um, are a really big thing that we do. And webinars have been huge. I mean, we just did a webinar with Zoom Info last week on cold call. We got 2,000 people almost to sign up for it. So again, I'm building my list at that same time and I'm able to see who reached out and signed up for this webinar and who can I you know, engage with directly and kind of do this inboundish, this warm outbound so that I can you know, get clients and stuff from it. What are three hard problems that you recently solved? Yeah, where to start? This this one made me think a bit. Um, dude, running a business is hard. It it really is. It's it's a lot of fun because, you know, for me, I you know I sort of grew up in sales. That was my career, and then I spent two or three years in marketing. But if I had to do a job where I only did sales or only did marketing or only did some sort of fulfillment, it would get, it would be really boring for me. <laughs> so the thing that makes this hard is also the thing I love about it. But specifically, we have a client program called Outbound Accelerator. It's six weeks. So I'll take companies like Gong or Zoom. You know, I've been some of my clients through a six-week accelerator with their team, and it's like really hands-on. How do we outbound? And what I've really focused on is how do I reduce the complexity of how I do this so that, one, it doesn't drain all of my willpower fulfilling this, but two, people get better results, and it's just easier for them to do. So I think trying to figure out how can I teach less and say no to more things and really dial in the content and really, really focus on 
hey, what are the handful of things, like if there was one thing each week during the two one-hour training sessions that I needed everyone to take away, what's that one thing? And really distilling it down and simplifying has just been so hard to find those things that will move the needle the most. Uh, We completely revamped our course content. So again, a lot of it is like, how do we take 10 hours of content and whittle it down to the best two or three hours that's gonna get the best results? Another thing that's completely unrelated to that is our marketing. So just like you, I have a podcast, and what we'll do with our podcast is we'll take that, we'll chop it up into video clips, we'll reshare it on LinkedIn, I'll share it to my email list, like getting mileage out of content. It sounds really nice in theory to be able to reshare it all these places, but you need good systems in place. Otherwise, I end up being the person to spend all the time to do that. So figuring out how to systemize that and get a team around me to support me has been a really hard problem (laughs) that uh, we recently figured out how to do. What are three roadblocks that you're working on now? So in terms of roadblocks, uh, me, I've always been the biggest roadblock in the business. You know, I, uh, I have three virtual assistants that work with me full time. So I basically, I consider them full timers, even though they live in the Philippines, they work with me full time. Uh, and then I have a couple of contractors I use to help with, uh, coaching. So those folks don't work with me full time yet. So I end up being the bottleneck in most of the instances. So I just got rid of myself as the bottleneck with marketing. I am trying to get rid of myself as the bottleneck with delivery and coaching and actually executing the trainings. So that's a big thing that I'm working through. Uh, I think engagement is really tough when you have a paid community of people. Like in our outbound squad program, it's it's for individual reps. So they say they pay a certain amount of money every month to get group coaching, course content, and then access to a Slack community. We have 85 people in there right now. And getting people to engage in a virtual environment is it's, it's tough. You know, it's something I'm still honestly trying to figure out how to get people to ask for help when they need it. So that's something I'm trying to figure out right now, actually. Um, and I think getting people to take action on what they learn, I am getting better at that. But this is this is what I've done the last 14 years is like coach and train salespeople. And I'm still learning so much around how do I, um, a guy, CM Ovens, he runs a company called consulting.com. What he talks about is eating our customers complexity. I thought that was kind of interesting. And in a, a small example of that is, you know, if I teach you, Chris, Hey, when you make a cold call, use a permission-based opener. It sounds like this. Hey, Chris, Jason with Bullsful prospecting. I know I probably caught you in the middle of something, but you got a minute for me to tell you why I'm calling and you can let me know if you want to keep chatting. I could just say that to you. Or what I could do is I could say that, script it out on a piece of paper for you, like on a document, and then I could share it with you and I can make it easy for you to not have to do any thinking to take action on it. So I think like eating the complexity of my clients and spoon feeding as much as I can without doing it for them is something I'm always trying to figure out. What are two mental models that you use to do your best work? I love that you asked this question. I've only recently gotten into mental models. Actually, there's a really good book. I think it's called Mental Models. There's a couple volumes that are pretty good. Um, One that most of these I use with my wife, Sarah, when we make decisions, uh, either with the business or financial or career type stuff. One is regret minimization. That's a mental model from uh, Jeff Bezos talks about that a lot. And that's a really simple one. It's, you know, hey, 10 years from now, what am I doing right now that I would most likely regret? And when you put that lens on things, it's like, oh, wow. You know, me spending so much time and prioritizing work over like family time 
I would regret that in 10 years. Like, why am I doing like so much like just starts to become really clear when you apply that mental model. Um, another mental model that I like that's just really old is, you know, Socratic method. And I think when you have to make really big decisions, just forcing yourself to think about like a question I like to ask myself when I really want to do something that's kind of a big decision is if this was the wrong decision to make, what would make that true? What would make that statement true? What would make this the wrong thing to do? Even though I think it's right, right? What other outside sources have I asked? You know, um, I think that's a really big one. Let's go with those two for now. I think those are the two big ones. What are three techniques that other GTM teams need to try? Yeah, this is a tough one because I think there's so many. Um, I think bite-sized content that is immediately actionable for your target market is super important. The I always think of everything through an outbound lens. So I think of how, how can we make it easier for salespeople to start conversations with prospects? When you have nothing insightful to share, it, it's really hard to start conversations unless people are ready to buy. So how do you do the equivalent of, I help salespeople with cold calling. How can I, with a sales leader, share something that's a LinkedIn post that has one tip that would take five minutes to consume and then immediately start using? That's really effective. I'm creating a ton of value for that sales leader and a ton of value for their team. So how can I create more bite-sized content that helps people that's like immediately actionable? Maybe it's a different way of thinking of something. Maybe it's a framework. Maybe it's a tip or a technique or something they can forward to the rest of their team. I think it's hugely underrated. Um, personalized videos, I think, are really, really big. I'm working with a client right now that has a solution. It's primarily for software companies, but with complex solutions like a DocuSign, let's say, when people need to figure out how to do stuff, they go to the help file. And usually they can't find what they're looking for. <laughs> and when that happens, people get really angry and, and they churn, right? They don't use the tool as much. So they help get rid of all of that. One of the triggers that they look for is people talking in public forums about complications they have with the tool. That would be a really cool to put in a video, right? I reach out to you, hey, Chris, I noticed that there's a bunch of people struggling to find XYZ feature on your product. I wanted to show you how we eliminate this problem for other companies by doing XYZ. Like being able to visually show someone's really powerful. The other thing, uh, lastly, is I call it a messaging matrix. Uh, this is something really simple that can be repurposed across departments. But what I find is that there is a lack of clarity around the customers of the business and what they actually care about. Nothing against marketers. I, I, I am one by trade and I do a lot of marketing. But most of the time that when I see a marketing pers a persona built by marketers, it's very like, oh yeah, Chris is, you know, uh, he's a typical persona and um, he's a white guy from uh, your appearance. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know how old you are, but there's like this age demographic and he likes to wake up early in the morning and, and get Starbucks. And it's like, that's not really that useful. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think the big thing is uh, you want to build up what's called a messaging matrix and you want to have these four things on it priorities. So what do these people think about, care about on a daily basis, independent of your solution? Like if I was to ask this person, what are your top two or three things that you care most about in your job right now? What would those things be that they would say? And then I want to talk about current solutions. So how are they getting the job done on those priorities right now? Are they using tools? Do they do it in-house? Is there spreadsheets they use for it? What, what is the way that they're getting it done right now? What are the problems they get in the way of that? And then what are their aspirations? What do they want to accomplish? 
And when you have those four things across your personas, you have something that can be used to make content. Salespeople can use it to sell better. People can use it to prospect better. There's all kinds of things that you can do that are really effective. If everyone just teams up, do a couple workshop style sessions, someone takes ownership over it and leads it, and you say, hey, we're gonna like come up with our personas and the language that they talk in their words, in our customer voice. What are three questions you love to ask and why? Man, uh, what if I'm wrong? Yeah, I sort of alluded to that earlier with the Socratic method. I like asking that because it makes me think from the other side. Um, what's this person feeling? I think that's something that's super important. I think we tend to, in sales, especially with, with bigger deals where there's a lot of money on the line, we tend to just think about the numbers. And most of the big sales that I've landed, there's a very emotional aspect to that VP of sales and why they want to bring me in. Yeah, the numbers need to you know sort of make sense, but a lot of it is them trying to prove something within their organization to leverage for a promotion or some sort of you know power <laughs> in a lot of cases too. That's a question that I like to ask myself a lot. And the the last one I would say is, are you having fun? So I ask myself that question a lot. I've tried really hard. That's fun is one of my theme words for this year. I tend to take my work very seriously and forget that like, dude, life is short and you, know, you can be really serious about what you do and, and uh, make some good money and also have fun. Like, you know, those things aren't mutually exclusive. So are you having fun is a question that I ask myself a lot. Who are three operators that should be our next guests and why? Who are two operators that should be our next guests and why? Two that come to mind are uh, one's a guy, Ethan Parker. He is VP of revenue at a company called Alti Sales, and he's also head of sales for me here at Blissful Prospecting uh, for our Outbound Squad program. So I think he would be a good person to talk to because he's just got a lot of experience with this type of thing. I mean, he sold a $40 million deal, you know, as a sales rep. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. And he's doing a lot of really cool stuff now with account executives and with Outbound on our side. And then uh, Bilal Betrawi is another good guy to talk to. Um, I mean, he's, I forget his his role. He's head of something at uh, GoToMarketBuddy, but he is just the master at provocative messaging. So coming up with ways to come up uh, with email messaging or cold call openers or marketing messaging that's provocative and gets people's attention. Um, he's pretty good at doing that. So I'd recommend reaching out to him too. Thank you, Jason. For people who love what you're saying, what should they go do next? Blissfulprospecting.com is the best place to go. So there's a ton of free resources on there. So if you're into you know prospecting outbound, all of that's there. There's you know guides. We host webinars every other week, that sort of thing. And uh, for reps and sales teams, if you're looking for help implementing you know some of the stuff that we talked about today, uh, we have programs for that too. So blissfulprospecting.com is the best place to check it out. We also have a podcast, sorry, Blissful Prospecting Podcast. Make sure to check that out if you're looking for, if you're a salesperson and you want to listen to a sales-oriented you know, podcast, make sure to check it out. Hey team, what did you think about this? I'm Chris Morgan, host of the Market to Revenue Podcast. Shoot me an email right now about what you thought about this episode. It's chris at markettorevenue.com. Talk to you in a moment.